Welcome to Ojo's Dojo. I'm your host, Joshua Ojo. I'm also the co-founder of a small startup called codingforfinance.co.za. We teach accountants how to code. Uh, yeah, this is a podcast that I make just because I like to do it. Um, I'm trying to start making it good, so that's requiring a bit more effort, but I'm not promising consistency um, in terms of when I release them. So, hey, who knows when the next one will come out. Anyway, this is, I mean, this one even was kind of a fluke. So this this podcast came about because I went to a, a startup pitching competition and I got to meet one of the super impressive founders. I actually met quite a few of them, but uh, I recorded a podcast with this one. So his name's Kiko. He's based out of Kenya. He teaches, um, or rather, he helps teachers uh, by equipping them with content and technology to be able to teach STEM topics or STEAM topics to K through 12 learners in Kenya. So, if you're interested in technology, Africa, African progress, education, Amazon, which is, yeah, the Amazon story is really interesting. Um, And the story of how they've even been able to raise funding without giving up any equity in their business. If you're interested in any of that, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this, enjoy this podcast. Um, Yeah, it's just a nice, chilled conversation between two guys who are into business and tech and stuff. So, yeah, if you hope you stick around, listen to the end. Um, I I don't know. I I really enjoyed the the conversation. So I hope you guys will too. Who are you? How, like, what was, what sort of led you to where you are now, kind of thing? Yeah, sure. So, it's just basically the passion and, and the need to to give back to the society. Um, then it like seeing who we are as Africans and the problems that we're going through and the ultimate urge, you know, that we we have a key role to play like for those who have the opportunity and the advantage to be where we are we really need to kind of save the the continent so it's our ultimate responsibility um and so that's basically the reason why i do what i do because definitely i do know the power of education um and 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 luckily um i think the biggest nelson mandela said the only way you can change the world or the biggest we want to change the world is education and mm. so so for me it's i've always seen what education has done for pretty a lot of people for africans change the world and also done that for me uh, having having of course really graduated on an um, electrical and telecommunication degree course and what that means for me is could i use those same skills to to make an impact for for other few students uh, and maybe ultimately that would have a ripple effect to to the rest of the continent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think um, I I like that uh, vision and mission to make Africa a better place and put us more on sort of the global world stage and just to help um, as many people as as possible. And I I think I'm sort of also on that mission. Um, I think you've given me over the weekend you've given me like a bit of like your like sort of life story and how you got to where you are kind of thing yeah but like could you sort of give us maybe like your whole not yeah as like everything you want to sort of say about you know from 
literally from like where you were born to the, the sort of founding moment, moments of, of your business right. as a Indian. Right, right, right. Yeah, so um, I mean, I would say I was born in a tiny village in in eastern part of Kenya. Um, so Kenya being in, in, in eastern Africa. Uh, <laughs> east of the east. Yeah, the east of the east. Until <laughs> uh, part of my whole life, I think, until I was I think 13, was I spent in the village, uh, I would say. So I went for my primary school in, in the village. And I usually say I went to primary school when we had an, quite an interesting time. I told you this story about when free primary education was being introduced, uh, which was a good thing. I mean, this meant that parents now don't have to pay to have their kids in school. So every parent now had the desire to ultimately see their kid go to school. Uh, but what that had was, I mean, more more kids in school, but then there's pretty, I mean, the government is trying its bit to make a little investments to increase about the resources, but then you find that the resources that are existing are fully stretched. Because mm-hmm. um, you increase the numbers and then you don't increase the resources. So there's a whole huge stretching of the resources. So, so that was kind of like the scenario in the schools, in the primary schools. Um, and, and of course, all like Kenya being um, third or a developing country, definitely you know uh, pretty much of the society is in the low level income. Um, so definitely, you know, it's kind of like a chaos, I, I would say. Um, and, but, but that really didn't hinder me from um, having good good results for my primary school. So I uh, got good results for my primary school and definitely went, now had like a shift in life um, to go into a national school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, national schools are the best, well-funded, um, little population, uh, good teachers, enough resources. Um, so that was a completely different scenario from what you wrote in my primary school. And, and of course that means, I mean, if you get to a national school, then you are, your future is kind of determined like you know how your path would be uh but then you ask yourself like how many how many opportunities are there so we do have very few about like there were about like at that time 10 national schools and you can imagine how many people are fighting to get positions in there so for those who don't go to national schools um then their future would say it's not well predetermined so they really have to kind of work work hard because again it's a continuation of the same scenario that they had in primary school um, so, of course, I went to, um, I did well also in high school, went to pursue an electrical engineering degree. And, and, and at that point is where, um, kind of like, I, I mean, I would see what tech would do in other sectors. Um, and I kind of felt like definitely I need to use the same skills to, to support the situation. But my goal was to teach kids how to use computers. Um, so... So that's how basically we began, like wanna teach kids skills to, because I do believe like, I mean, I, I would say I'm a bit biased here, yeah, like everyone must be an engineer to build stuff because um, of what everything is built, it's all the work of engineers. I mean, no offense to other careers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could see the transformation that engineers have played in, in, in the world, thumbs up. So so that's, that's what definitely I wanted to do. But then now if I'm going to, to the schools back again in the village, we kind of felt, found out that the scenario hasn't improved. So I would say our mission of teaching kids how to code or give them skills was too fast paced. Like we needed fast to solve more foundational problems in, in the schools. And, and this what literally means is getting students to understand basic arithmetic, get students to understand how to 
communicate in English. So more numeracy and literacy are the basic, most uh, foundational skills that students need to do before you even kind of start thinking of trying to um, teach them coding skills. Because mm -hmm. one can't code, I mean, if they don't get basic arithmetic skills. So that was a gap now that now needed more attention, as I would say. Uh, and so that, that, that now gave us a position of how we want to base what we do. So let's first start with the foundation and have the skills on, on top of that. So that, that, I would say that has really played a key role into terms of the work that we do because we're always looking at learning as a continuous and a progressive thing or activity. And if, if you're trying to build a house from the top rather than starting from the foundation, then ultimately you'll never have a house. So you're gonna mm -hmm. keep on house starting from the bottom and keep on adding those blocks until you get that magnificent house that you're always looking, mm -hmm. looking at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Like, there's a, there's, I mean, there's that line by the renowned poet and philosopher Drake, mm -hmm. yeah. started from the bottom, now we're here. Now we're here, right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, that's so true. It's, I think that sort of speaks to the idea of um, like there's like a growing they say the digital divide right, right. and right. it's I guess on the one hand it's access to technology but right. on the other hand it's like even technology education like how can you say oh we want this many engineers in all different types of fields right but you only have so many people who know basic arithmetic mm -hmm. who know how to read right yeah are able to communicate their creations to other people to be able to get it funded or partner with people or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, and, and with that, I think it's kind of what really sets us apart or separates us from being contributors to the digital world. Because now in Africa, we're just more of, of consumers. Because um, all what we've seen more in the digital world is all these huge, amazing products being done in the developed country, uh, which I feel we can contribute a lot. And, and I think right now we've seen a shift. Um, I mean, this is the reason why we've seen a lot of all these big tech companies setting up shop yeah. um, in Africa. We've seen Microsoft is doing that. Google is doing that. Because yeah. one, they've seen that there's a future or Africa has the potential or Africa is moving away from just being consumers to creators. That's so, so uh, and, and so with, with the growing population, and I think the research that's been done that shows, I think, by 2035, Africa will be contributing more of the workforce mm. than the rest of the world. Uh, but if that's the case, that we'll have this workforce. The big question is, is, is this workforce actually ready or the people that we're putting them in the workforce? And, and that's why now we need, again, from the foundation, start re-looking look, re at our education systems and seeing, um, really, are they well-positioned? Yeah, um, yeah, to produce really that quality of workforce that is gonna move the world mm. forward. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's so true. And I mean, we have the on the continent, we have the capability to do these things, right? Yeah, um, AWS, right? Amazon Web Services, people. So, Amazon Web Services was literally started in Cape Town. Yeah. Did you know that? No, no, no. How I'm crazy. surprised. Yeah. yeah. AWS yeah. was started in Cape Town. So, oh, yeah. the story is um, 
the guy, like one of the first products, I think it was EC2 or one of them. Yeah, EC2 like, is the first product of AWS. Yeah. 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 So the guy that started it uh, grew up in South Africa. He was South African. Mm-hmm. He moved to the US and then somehow he ended up joining Amazon. Yeah. Then when Jeff Bezos and all them guys started the sort of push to like, um, I'm not a software engineer or a computer scientist, so I don't understand right. exactly everything. Mm-hmm. But when they started sort of restructure the sort of technology of the company to position it to uh to 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 position it to what eventually led to amazon web services mm-hmm. um one of, i forget the guy's name but one of the guys uh this guy the south african guy became a huge part of that right, right. then when it was like okay we want to really like make this a business mm-hmm. the guy that they tapped to like develop the what became EC2 was like this sounds fun this sounds cool but like I don't know if I want to stay here in uh, Seattle or wherever yeah. he was I might have been Seattle or San mm. San Francisco or whatever um, he was like I don't know if, I don't know if I want to live here anymore I want to go back to South Africa and live in South Africa mm. <laughs> right yeah. so then they were like oh, dude we don't really want to lose you and all this stuff so they were like okay cool whatever you can go back but just still help us develop this uh, technology because we want to create this product. So he comes back, sets up in Constantia, actually. I think we were going to... Constantia is where there's like wine farms and stuff there. So if you don't want to go to Sendermosh, you can actually... Awesome, yeah, definitely. Good to visit there. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets a house and office in Constantia and um, ends up literally creating EC2 in Constantia. Wow. How crazy. Built here. It literally built on this continent. Yeah. On this continent. And uh-huh. AWS is like by far the most profitable part of uh, Amazon. Amazon. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the most profitable. And almost everyone, we, I mean, happy to say that we, we love AWS. We use AWS for our oh, services. Yeah. And it's it's quite an amazing like cloud cloud platform. And I would see how, how massive it has grown like Google, um, Microsoft Azure is trying to catch up with AWS, but they still have a long way. So you can see how Africa has contributed to building like the first cloud biggest, uh, most reliable um, cloud platform for everyone to use and to rely on. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I think of that, I think AWS has also set up in South Africa. Yeah, they have, uh, they have a huge office. I have friends who work there in Cape Town. Uh, like, yeah, and I think now they're wanting to set up their like more the retail part of the business they, that was like huge property developments i literally drive past it every not every day but every time i go to the office right i see their development yeah they all seen i think they all seen a huge opportunity in, in as much as we're gonna be contributors i mean even from them looking into terms of getting the workforce of developers to continue building that product they're also looking at um all these um startups or companies that are growing and mushrooming out of Africa to build on the technology or into the cloud platform to host their services, to host their services there. So that's why they're really investing in into giving credits to really mm-hmm. who everyone to be onto their platform because they see um, with that growing population, everyone's going to be on the internet and that's how they're going to grow and maintain their business. So you're going to get these startups to help them set up 
yeah. uh, onto their cloud platform. So it's it's an interesting time to see in that honestly. Uh, all these uh, AWS, Google, Microsoft, all like telling startups, hey, we're gonna support you to keep growing. And the biggest support that they always mention first is you got our cloud platform. It's the best. Uh, of course, they're all doing well, the three of them, but everyone has to make the call, like which one they want to see. And, and that's, they're looking at what's going to 2040 look like. How many startups are we going to have in Africa uh, <laughs> consuming our product and contributing in as much as we're contributing to creating, we're also contributing to growth of these big companies that are based out out of the US. So they, they see us like... Uh, revenue growth factor mm, mm. to their companies or to their sustainability so yeah. i mean africa would be a big huge thing yeah in the next yeah. five years or so ten years honestly yeah it's it's wild i'm excited to see it i'm yeah. so excited to see it. Yeah. i could honestly talk about like amazon and the other tech companies sort of coming to the continent for hours um but I won't, uh, I won't bore you with more <laughs> discussion about them. No, tech uh, is amazing. I mean, it's, it's all amazing fun. to live in a world where we've seen all these massive shifts and massive mm. growth from all these big tech companies. Literally, yeah, literally. Yeah. I, mean, I think people are all that bit envious of us. Like, they didn't have this in 2000 when they are growing. Yeah. <laughs> but we all have access to all and exposure. Like, I, even as I would say, um, the, the millennials, like, we also envious of the Gen Z because the Gen Z are growing at a time where all these shifts are happening and they have yeah. everything at their disposal. Yeah. That's, that's why also for us at work, then we see that we have a huge role. One, for African kids who are all these Gen Zs, to create an exposure, to tell them, hey, look, guys, this is what is in the world. Yeah. Um, these are all the opportunities out there. So... One is create that excitement and literally and, yeah. and, and get them to know what the future is gonna look like. Yeah. I mean for us when we were growing and we still in school, it was still the traditional way of stuff, like yeah. um just get a good grades and, and, and either pursue all these traditional courses, yeah. like engineering. But now it's a different rule talk. Honestly. Um, Honestly. so that shows like what people really need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I um spent uh so I've I was I was born in Nigeria, but I grew up most of my life in South Africa. I literally spent my first year of like life in Nigeria. And then I went back in grade seven for my, I think my parents just wanted me to see like where, you know, where they came from and like see some of my heritage and stuff. So I went back for, um, yeah, literally for boarding school in grade seven. And I remember I'd never done this before and I've never done it since, but we literally had to take notes. Like if we wanted, if we wanted like a copy of the, the contents of whatever class it was, the teacher would write on the uh, chalkboard, the notes for the class. And we had to copy down the notes from what the teacher was writing into our book. And if, you know, if he finished say in five minutes and you're a slow writer which I was because I had never done this before <laughs> and you were a slow writer you would have to just like he would rub it out and then uh, do the next right. sort of page you know right, right. and it was like I don't know it just felt like technology could have made this whole experience just way better so I don't know if I don't know if um, that's still still the case I hope not in that school that I went to 
Um, and that was one of like sort of the nicer schools. Um, so I, yeah, so I think for me that just is like an example of how technology sort of kind of, or the lack of technology sort of hinders hinders things even in sort of, I mean the teachers were well trained, they were all great, they cared about our education and stuff. But, um, yeah. It's still, I think, even for Kenya, that's that's a scenario. I mean, you gotta get the teacher to, and and especially even where um, the schools they don't have resources. I mean, they don't have the books and the teacher. They all depending on what the teacher is 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 doing. So, and you can imagine like pretty much there's no learning happening there because mm. you are in a task of just writing and Literally, writing. Yeah, um, and the teacher lecturing. Um, so that's. I would say, because the big question that was, I think a good report that was what was done for Kenya and Tanzania and Uganda was, are our children actually learning? Because because there's a difference between learning and going to school. Absolutely. Because I think what Uganda are doing in that school, basically going going to school. But when yeah. we look at learning, is are you really one understanding and mastering what? what you are learning, like even if you are tested, because I mean, you're spending a lot of time to just taking notes and not really consuming whatever that content you're writing and understanding it. And and beyond that, then also looking at, because um, that's more of like knowledge. And I think people now are moving into more of skill-based learning where all that content you try and could you all package it together and translate into doing something or right? yeah. a skill that you could you could master so yeah, it's it's wow. it's a wide i think what pretty schools should do is move from the traditional way of doing stuff mm. um to a very new way of understanding that we need to move we're not saying that knowledge is bad knowledge is good you definitely need knowledge you need to know facts um but then now we're looking at the world is shifting from that and the world is demanding that we have skills Mm. that can be used to contribute to the growing to the growing world and yeah. and the only way that can happen is is through schools uh but then again so learning again a, a lot of discussions is like does learning has to happen in in a four wall um setup yeah can learning happen anywhere and that's why we've seen a lot of mushrooming of virtual learning i think that that became quite evident that's during the covid I... period time um yeah. Uh, but then again, also the virtual learning is—is is it meeting, yeah, um, the skill, the skill-based learning? So yeah. the way of delivery, I think, shouldn't be a question, but it should be like, what is being delivered? Yeah. Does it de- does it match what is being demanded? Yeah, because um, it's a game of um, supply and demand. Literally, yeah, yeah, like all business, right? Um, okay, that's actually a perfect sort of segue. So. We, I mean, we've been talking for quite a bit now, but right. we haven't properly introduced you and your business. So we know a bit about who you, who you are, like where you're from, and you've said you're sort of targeting the space of primary primary school education. Right, yeah, so it's purely K-12, but I mean, we, there's a lot. I mean, we do believe that we could have students in K-12 contributing to the growing world. Because um, sure. it's all about scale based. Yeah. So what's your what's your product? I think in the background of the podcast, you can kind of see this like 
miniature house that's been built. Mm-hmm. So can you just tell us about what your product is, what your service is, what's the name of your business? Like just, yeah, maybe the, the sort of elevator pitch, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, 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 so my business is called Angaza Elimu, so purely Pan-African, Swahili. Um, and, and two words, so Elimu is education, Angaza is light. So kind of like we're shining light on, on education, or making education brighter. Uh, and, and so why we're saying that is that we're looking at changing and looking at the two main problems about quality and, and relevance, like what I spoke about earlier. Um, getting kids to master what they're learning on their foundational literacy and mastery, and then getting them to get the right skills that are being demanded by the, um, the current world. So that's basically what Angaza Elimu does. And to achieve that, then we're looking at how we could leverage technology to deliver this quality and, and relevant education. Um, that kind of point is simple. And then, so with the leverage of technology, I mean, this we look into terms of um, two products and one service. So the first product on quality is, is to, uh, what we have is an adaptive and interactive e-learning platform. And basically that personalizes the learning experience for students. And we looking into what, again, also leverage God top-notch higher in terms of what AI can do and to understand students' different abilities and what is that they need to close that gap of, of mastery. Um, so we're not we're looking into a classroom where students, of course, students have different abilities and they should not be taught at the same way, same manner, same pace, same resources. So that's what we're changing. Um, so what, what your gaps are, what your strengths are, is what your journey is, and that's what we're providing for students. Um, and then we're now supporting teachers to understand what their classrooms are. So teachers are not teaching the students, all students, in the same manner. They, they now have to reach them with customized instruction. So with that insight, it's, it's a massive thing, like a classroom you find in a teacher having so many recommendations for every specific student in mm-hmm. terms of where they are for their own growth, um, for the bit of the foundation. Uh, and so lastly, onto the bit of relevance is now where we've, we've seen that a lot of schools are not teaching about um, innovation. And until so we position ourselves as we say, definitely we are a school, so um, as an innovation school to teach students on science, technology, engineering, art, math, and entrepreneurship. So I, again, here as well, as I said, we want to have a journey. I mean, not all of students in, in like the village I come do understand what actually, like what we have on the background, what IoT is, or what the current world is, because they still, we, Africa is still behind. We do have to admit that. And there's that huge digital divide and we're building that exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, once kids really get excited about these kids now and move to an enrichment training, now to start training them these kids. I mean, you're excited about this certain skill, then now we have to train you on that skill. And, and once you can provide you with the resources, and that's why we're building localized kits like on, on, on STEAM education, like the IoT kits that we're, that we're doing and, and all that. Um, and after that, when they keep now have to graduate from that by either build uh, what we call in ready to work is to look at the environment that they are in and students are brilliant and they're quite innovative and then we get to ask them now to identify a problem and build a prototype that solves that problem um, in, in, in their society. So basically that's like the whole 360 view of what Atangaza Elimu does um, in the Kenyan education space and ultimately we look in to scale these across the whole of Sub-Saharan Africa. Mm, yeah. Wow. Wow, that is uh, 
you guys are you guys are doing God's work actually. Yeah, but we give it back to the side. Honestly, <laughs> right. honestly, wow. Yeah. But there's so, but there's. So you're giving back to society, but it is a business at the end of the day. Right. So can you talk a bit about the business model? Just, yeah, I'm just kind of curious because it's like, okay, you're, you're teaching kids who are sort of, I'm assuming sort of low income in sort of low income schools. Right. So what is the, what's the sort of revenue model? How are you, what's the business model? Yeah. So we, we are software as a service, um, a SaaS business. Um, so it's, it's purely subscription. Um, so both, both products, the e-learning and, and the innovation steam product, they are all subscription. Um, and, and looking at the nature of the market that we are serving, then now we've, we've aimed to focus on a B2B to C, to C model. So where we've seen a lot of money being pumped in the education space by development partners, not government organizations, corporates, the government itself. Um, so those majorly are our customers. Because um, they do have the ability to pay for our product. Mm. Um, and, and so that's why it's a business to business. And then to the consumers who now uh, get to enjoy the service being paid by the businesses um, out, um, out there. So that's basically our business model. For the e-learning, it's typically about $15 per student per year. Uh, for the Innovator STEAM program, it's all based on the different courses that we have. Like for the Internet of Things um, training programs about $75 per student to go through the whole, um, the whole cost. So that's how we, we're doing business. Uh, and we are ultimately going to see that growing and um, asking for more ecosystem players to keep pumping money in the space so yeah, that we can absolutely. reach to those who really deserve what we're doing, but then they don't have the ability um, to pay for that. Mm. Yeah, And for us also to remain sustainable, because I mean, we would have wanted to give this for free, but then we don't have that capacity or time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to, and to it has to be that. sustainable. Exactly. And you also don't want to... Actually, so I, I'm, I've always been interested in these kinds of businesses where you have um, like a service that's being provided, but the service is sort of being paid for by a third party right. in a right. way. Yeah. Right? Like, is there... So this is a bit of a challenging kind of question, right? So right. <laughs> it's funny, I literally said, I don't want to do too many questions, but here I am asking questions. <laughs> it's a conversation. <laughs> it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. conversation yeah. could definitely have questions. Yeah, sure, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. But it's not an interview, it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I'm, I, 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 I've always wondered about this, right? Like, because there's a lot of... Um, um, I think a lot of the sort of social entrepreneurship we see on the continent right, yeah. is paid for by development partners, right? By some corporate or an NGO or, um, you know, even the government, right? But then the sort of end user is not, they're not paying for it. So is there, is there any potential for sort of misalignment in that where I guess in a way it, you know, you know the principal agent problem, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So it's like, in this case, who's the principal and who's the agent? And, like, is the students in the classroom the, the probably the principal, but then the agent who's sort of giving the business instructions and the money is um, maybe in a sense, yeah, that's the agent. Yeah. So, yeah, how have you, have you, have you had any chat, if you have a story about that or 
where you encounter that or yeah, yeah the, the, um i think the ecosystem is growing um and I, i'm gonna have just to look at um these this model of B2B2C is not a new model. I mean, we've, we've had donors in Africa way back, even from, from the 80s and all that. Um, and, and so we have first to admit there's, there's a great misalignment uh, of what every, every player is, is doing in the ecosystem. So we look at the business who's providing the service, the person who is paying for that service, and the consumer in, in that triangle. Um, and so at, at, at many times, I, I, we would see, we've, even for our business, we would encounter like the person either who, who is paying for the product um, is, is probably totally misinformed of what they want to see at the end. Wow. Um, okay. Or they do have very wrong um, metrics that they are looking at. Uh, and, and so what like for us, for example, we're trying to do is uh, we build in this new product on data because we feel that uh, we do have the potential. I mean, you can't measure what you don't know. Um, and, and so and the only way to do that is if you do have evidence. And, and so we we now have impact on a journey of creating evidence for the education ecosystem in Africa. Okay. Uh, and, and that's what now we now want to keep telling the world or the ecosystem players is, hey, take a step back, move away from your boardroom assumptions and all that, and look at what the evidence is telling you, look at what the data is, is telling you. And from that, then now you can understand where you want to place your dollar. Because mm. um, we, all, we all have this, everyone now knows that we are now, everyone is on a mission to say that, we want good quality education. We want relevant education. Mm-hmm. But it ends there. Um, so a lot of people, and that's why you hear a lot of donors say, oh, we, we made a wrong investment. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get the results. Because they were rushed to just have boardroom assumptions. And I was generally called them. And, and so with, with assumptions. Yeah, what, we, what we're doing is show this evidence. It's, it's all data. Data doesn't lie. Yeah. Uh, and now start now having these conversations with them and saying, this is where you need to make the investment. This yeah. is the most pressing issue. Yeah. Um, this, and this is what is expected. I mean, and that, this just basically data that, that is accurate, is reliable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's from real users, not just from data from, oh, we, we interviewed 100 students and yeah. this is what they told us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. these data of, we've been in the space for three years, this is the trend that we've seen about literacy and numeracy. Sure. And this is how you can only solve literacy and numeracy. Yeah. Uh, this is the trend that we've seen about skills. Yeah. This is how you can only solve the problem of uh, unskilled uh, workforce. So mm-hmm. if that's the whole thing of principal and agent, unless yeah. people really look at data and evidence okay. will have will continue having that missile line yeah, yeah 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 i think that's that's so important to i think that's a really important part of like minimizing the mis- misalignment between you know the outcomes that the students need mm-hmm. and the sort of outcomes that the funders say they want to see but 
maybe they have their own perspective of this is how we think it should be done but they don't have the data even to be like oh, okay actually our initial approach maybe was wrong or it was just you know going in the wrong direction in a way like just not really hitting hitting the the uh, the mark right yeah so it's you're very you're very right on that and and so what we do hope is we could have a coordinated ecosystem yeah um, exactly and people should stop working in silos yeah yeah so sure. people should know oh we did this uh come out even for those others who are doing project make your learnings available to the ecosystem so for everyone True. to learn yeah don't keep it to yourself because yeah. someone's gonna come completely replicate what you are doing yeah um just dumping, saying, oh, we want to do what they did. Yeah. And they completely A to Z replicate what we're doing, get the same results, they're out. So yeah. we need to stop that cycle. We need to see people really working together. That's why it's an ecosystem. And, and yeah. everyone depends on each other on an ecosystem. Mm, yeah. mm, 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 mm. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I think, <laughs> I don't know if there's... Like you've told me some interesting stories about the business, right? I don't know. If, I don't know if those all of these stories are like sort of fit for for the podcast. I'm gonna try and hint at the story I want you to tell, but if you know what to tell it, that's also fine. <laughs> um, actually, let's start with something a bit easier, right? Like, so you guys won a grant right. from a huge organization, right? Um, do you do you want to sort of say what that is and um, yeah, like just yeah, what like what was that? Yeah, see, we've uh, yeah we've we've all 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 our business running has been purely grant grant funded um, and a lot of bootstrapping too. Uh, but but yeah, I think I've, I mean the big checks that we've had are purely purely grants. Um, so we 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 some of the guys are proud to say we're part of the UNICEF Innovation Fund portfolio, um, and and so we've 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 won huge grants from UNICEF and basically. The goal of this is to build products to to support the ecosystem. I mean, UNICEF is on a mission to support every child mm. and to ensure safety, to ensure they have health, um, education, and and wash facilities. And so we rely we rely on that education education bit. Sure. Um, and, and so so that was a good boost for our business. Um, because because that one shows that. I mean, receiving such a huge grant from such a huge organization is a validation for the work that we're doing. Uh, and so we're moving to utilize this grant to keep now mushrooming further and going to another better new level of showing the education or just doing what we wanted to do, I would say, to really promote education. Um, mm. And I think one of the biggest things that we're looking at was to when when we actually doing this grant application was showing UNICEF like yo, um we we wanna show the ability of personalized learning. Um mm. that we want each student to be taken care of. Yo. Uh, and, yeah. and and so we now on a path to show the evidence that personalized working, mm. personalized learning is can work. And mm. and with this that once we show this evidence, this the beauty with the with UNICEF and we're really excited about this is that it's gonna be replicated in much of the other countries where they're doing their work. And so that means that a product mushrooming out from Kenya can now be replicated in other education 
education systems. And, and so, as I said, it also lies along on our good roadmap of working with, with development partners because that's now a way to um, work with people who have built, I would say, infrastructure or people who have built their yeah. portfolio in, in the education ecosystem. And now you're able to scale quite easily because um, you have a big supporter. Uh, yeah. of, of your work so so yeah that's that, that's one of the biggest grants really excited to see and, and of course we're always looking forward to growing our work with UNICEF and, and, and more people out there in the space yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations on, on the grant thank you, thank you. I think um, I, th- I don't know I feel like people might be interested in the numbers I don't oh. know I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, if you don't want to say you don't have it's, to it's in public domain I mean uh, all the funding from UNICEF is all in public domain so we, okay. we, oh, yeah. uh, when, when we were first growing we, first investment by okay. UNICEF was eight or four thousand dollars and and these that was in 2020 um this year they made a growth investment of two hundred thousand dollars so oh. in a total of two hundred and eighty four thousand oh. dollars um yeah Okay, well, congrats. Yeah. Thank you, man. That's really good. That's yeah. really good. And I feel like that amount of money goes relatively far in Africa, especially when you're pushing with, um, when you have great partners on board and when you have um, a strong team and some of the, I mean, yeah, some of the people that you sort of surround yourself with in the company, um, I'm sure that money is going to be able to really push you really far. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big win. That's yeah. what I really say. It's a big win for us because yeah. it helps us to do a lot, I would say. Yeah. Grow our team. And especially it's more of around product development. I mean, I'm able to get some okay. of the best minds with this um, to keep being innovative. Yeah. I mean, I have a background on technical side. So I really want to see a lot of minds coming together and just putting the innovativeness in building the product that I want to do. Because... I mean, just being specific on um, what what AI can do, yeah. it, it's a huge thing. Huge. I mean, you can imagine, like, the AI engineers at Google, the AI yeah. engineers, like, it's not just a one-man show. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> it's it's a massive, massive team. I mean, of course, we're not saying that we want to... Um, we're gonna get where Google is, of course. Why but, not? I mean, but we're growing towards that, and yeah. we're starting small and keep it growing, and, yeah. and we hope. At some point, it could be like, um, be like a case study of one of the biggest Absolutely. education companies that has really gone into AI and research and showing how data can transform the education ecosystem. Yo, yeah. I yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think I've heard before we spoke now during this podcast. I've heard a bit of this, but I think you know, some of the conversation we had a few drinks and some of it was sort of in Russian with a lot of noise around. So yeah. I didn't get like everything that you just <laughs> said that you've, that you're doing in the company until right now. So yeah. now I'm like, <laughs> and even this, this idea of like personalized learning, the quality and relevance. I mean, absolutely. That's super important for basic education, right. but any sort of learning at any level, that seems like it would be super important because I'm even thinking about us, right? So um, I'm going to be honest <laughs> about the reason why I started this podcast. Right. So, so I've always been really into podcasts, but the point of this is actually to partially to sort of get the word about uh, our company out there, Coding for Finance. Right. 
an amazing thing that you're doing because yeah <laughs> oh yeah thanks for that yeah, yeah that was a brilliant thing i've really like i mean you know like upskilling people when they are on, on their jobs it's a yeah. hard thing to do absolutely but you're like kind of like taking up that challenge and saying um it it's a thing that we need to do because not most of I, I think even looking at i think i was i was, I was, I was reading a study by mckenzie in terms of um during the recession that was happening in 2008 so there was a lot of upskilling in companies just because of in so basically learning and development yeah but because of like what happened in 2008 a lot of companies like scrapped off um wow. learning and development yeah. in the institution so and and you'd um see the ripple effect of the type of people um like the growth that is happening in the companies because people no longer do that i think a couple of people so if we haven't institutions like through us like coming up and saying hey we need to upskill your team you need to check up your learning and development because um, yeah. learning is for everyone for for everyone forever exactly <laughs> like, exactly yeah like, forever. That, that's the right time right yeah like i think um and i think that's what's so cool about the space is like yeah i i don't know i think i've had i think this happens when you get really busy and really into your business you just do this and you just want to focus on trying to get that next sort of step mm. and things like that. But I find like conversations like this so illuminating and listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Um, it's so great to see what else is happening out there. So I'm just in this conversation, we can have a conversation, sorry, a private conversation after about, um, <laughs> about um, the, uh, like how, how maybe, yeah, maybe some kind of a partnership because like I this idea of like personalized learning I think is so important and I it really is the future right yeah and definitely it's super important for basic education but I'm sure you know someone in their 30s who wants to upskill um with skills that have been sort of outside of their domain but are becoming more relevant to their current job yeah um personalized learning would be super, super important to them. I think that's something that people... Yeah, I mean, in. I mean, let, let's even like kind of take a back from, from education and, and look at personalization even now in normal lives. We, we all enjoy personalization of everything. You enjoy personalization of your Netflix movies. You enjoy personalization of your YouTube. <laughs> you enjoy personalization of the podcast that you watch. Right, yeah. Um, so... These are the thing that I and this is the thing that I was looking into. Like, why is it all these good massive things happening at everything, but not education? And and, and education being like the backbone of everything. Wow. Um. And, and and so if if we enjoying all this, and that's why we're on a mission to say, let's put education also at the forefront of everything. Mm-hmm. Let not education come as like a buy by thing that you you're looking at because you wanna work smarter, you wanna live smarter, and and a lot of all these things could also be achieved can only be achieved through education. So personalization is is like let people just make it work. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's like a huge goal to everyone. Like I mean, don't just look at like personalization for entertainment, personalization for shopping. Let's do also personalization for education. Ooh, okay, yeah. that's. <laughs> mind blowing yeah. <laughs> that is that's next level yeah, that okay is, yeah. that's so true mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like having a deep breath <laughs> honestly yeah, my mind is blown right now my mind is blown yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. 
Um, okay. So tell us about the team. Like, who who's involved? I I know you have a board. I'm sure you have people working in the like. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we still a small team. Um, so we currently sixteen people full time. Um, so so our structures are pretty simple. We don't wanna create a bureaucratic environment, and mm-hmm. so we're looking at how could we have a team that's collaborating, that him that keeps innovating, a team that keeps talking to everyone at any time, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's that's kind of the team that we're trying to build. Um, and so when we're looking at what are the key major things that we wanna do right now? Of course, we have a lot of stuff that we wanna do, like. Right now speaking, like you've been asked, I would say, I want to hire 10 data scientists. I want to hire 20 <laughs> yeah. machine learning engineers to get this model of personalization work quickly. But I mean, because of the type of resource that we have, we don't have that capacity. And, and so it's so kind of like we look into terms of, of course, I have a team that has a lot of, uh, like a good background or passionate about tech, passionate about education, and also passionate about business. Because at the end of the day, it's a business that we build in. Right, yeah. and and a business is is all about uh, what are your cash flows. Yeah. Uh, a business is not about a product. Yeah. Right. It's we've kind of people have to move away of believing that great products will build great businesses. No. That's yeah. Uh, I really learned that. Yeah. So great businesses are built by when you have people paying for that great product that you mm. built, and the only way is to get people to sell that sell that product. So that's basically how our team. Uh, looks like of course we kind of have like an imbalance because we have more of the tech and product team right constituting about like 60 percent of the team and like the 40 percent or 20 percent are business and 10 percent um education so that's what the team look like um we we like on a mission like we kind of like right now looking for kind of doing our seed round to uh purely get more team members or to grow the team because every now and then every Every day we find in something interesting that we can keep building or something that we need to sell on a different manner. So mm-hmm. we need more input on that. Mm-hmm. And for us, in as much as I usually say we're on, a, on the service industry. So the service industry is basically driven by, by people. In as yeah. much as you can have a lot of automation, yeah. you need people. Yeah. You, need people you maybe can leverage the people with technology, but you can't do it without people exactly and and yeah very brilliant and that's what we're looking into in terms of we need people to keep talking i mean we we spend much of our time personally even before covid i think i would i would spend about four days a week just in schools sure. talking i mean i'm not an office person well, <laughs> and, yeah. and so and that's the key thing that we, we've kept and that's what we've managed to keep growing to keep learning because every day we're talking to teachers and teachers are telling us this is all we need. This is what we're struggling with. This is how my classroom looks like. And now when we have people talk to teachers and we have people talk to students, we have people talk to parents, then we come back and say, hmm, this is what we had today. This is what we had this week. This is more pressing. This needs to be done. Um, so, so you need people to just have those human conversations. Because mm-hmm. if, if you tell a teacher to fill in a survey, they won't give you like very accurate or reliable information. Yeah. But even you just have create that good conducive environment. Yeah. Even with kids. I mean, I love kids. I love going playing with kids. And that's how you get to hear from them. That's when they get to open up yeah. and express their needs. 
that's that's so true yeah, yeah. and and that's that's why we want to just keep growing spending yeah. more sending more people into the field and, yeah. and helping those people get us the information that we need yeah. yeah wow okay okay that's yeah that's really it's really something yeah um okay i yeah, I guess I'm out of questions. <laughs> so, Don't feel free to ask anything. <laughs> out of work, out of business. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. How, has, how has it been like sort of balancing, you know, the business stuff and like your personal life? Like um, what's, yeah, I don't know. Do you, want, do you want to sort of talk about? Yeah, I mean, I won't lie, it's a struggle. Um, yeah. So I don't have that balance, I'll admit. Mm. Um, I mean, I put, I, put, I put in a lot of hours into work which is not healthy um but and 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 that's expected for for every founder because mm. you want to see your dream come true mm. you just won't sit like relaxing and things are not moving mm. uh, and so with that then there are things that you have to sacrifice sure um but then for me and and with a lot of talking to a lot of people and getting advice and also i'm now kind of trying to create that balance um I think one of the biggest decisions that I made, yeah, I think start of this year is um, create time, of course, have time for work. So, so what I did was I only work from Monday to Friday. Mm. So okay. if, if you email me on Saturday, I won't get to respond to you because yeah. I'll see the notification on my phone, sure. but I won't get to email you back like until Monday. Monday, <laughs> Monday 8 a.m. Yeah, Monday 8 a.m. but I'm back to off. Oh, we get to work on 9 a.m. Sure. So, um, so wait until that. So, yeah. so then I can have That's good. two of my good days, Saturday and Sunday, mm. um, to just relax, oh. um, refresh and um, have fun, um, like stay with friends, family, um, and, and, and do as much as I can, like basically enjoy life. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest thing that I've, I've seen a lot and I grew this was about fitness and hiking. So yeah, of which we did yesterday. <laughs> uh, and, and so that's what I like, I'm really just been in the mountains, like opening up my mind and it really mm. gives me energy to, um, wake up on Monday and kick ass. Is yeah. that the right yeah. to use? <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's a life. So uh, I I mean so two good forty eight hours of of refreshing and, and having yeah. fun. I like having fun. I want yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah, that's good. I mean yeah. this is again, wow. I feel like I'm gonna seem like such a Drake fan, but another line from Drake is it's a marathon, not a sprint, but I still gotta win the race. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't just be like working literally every second of every day. You'll burn yourself out. Exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no way. Um, it's not worth it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly. you have a life beyond that. Yeah. 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 Huh. So. Okay. So then, yeah. What do you like to do on the weekends? You like to go for hikes. I mean, we went for a hike. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, that was dope. That was dope. My legs are still feeling. <laughs> Sorry for making you calm down. <laughs> we expected the cable car. Yeah, we we're gonna take the cable car. Yeah. So we hiked up Table Mountain on Plus yeah. uh, Clip Gorge. Yeah. And um, the when we got to the when we when we started at the bottom, there was a sign that said the cable car's out, and 
it was a bit like, okay, uh, let's, like, let's get there and see. <laughs> let's, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's climb this mountain and we'll see after if it's actually. So we get to the top and we're like, okay, cool. So we're sort of wandering around the top of Table Mountain and then we get to get to where the cable car is and there's like a guy. <laughs> like the cable car was fully closed. It's like construction equipment right. everywhere. Right. It was literally a guy like hanging fixing. from yeah <laughs> fixing the thing like hanging from like this little platform yeah he's like trying to repair the oh my god yeah that was yeah and then it was like ah now we have to walk all the way back down <laughs> so yeah. that's that's fun and it wasn't an easy hike we have yeah, to admit it that yeah it wasn't easy it wasn't easy my legs will definitely say yeah you got me fight by two water <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Sure. yeah um yeah so hiking hiking is on top of my priority for for fun stuff so oh, yeah I love adventure. Um, yeah. I love just traveling. Actually, um, yeah. So, so hiking is on top of that. Um, so I also do love taking long drives and just visiting new places because kind of like takes my mind off from my normal way of my apartment and all that. Now that we don't go to the office, uh, and and so that really opens up um so there are a couple of so, so hiking adventure um and just hanging out with friends like mm-hmm. that really is also a massive thing mm-hmm. um thing for me so so could i get to hang out with friends with my girlfriend and everything and then just going out and having those conversations mm-hmm. they're just massive thing like because mm-hmm. like monday to friday i'm just talking to my computer and talking to <laughs> I'm actually not talking to my colleagues because I'm talking to my computer so that I can reach them. So, <laughs> yeah, you literally at home. You get it, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so ultimately, so those real in-person conversations yeah. are quite just massive for me. Yeah. I'm just listening to, I think for me, it's, it's, it's more of listening to people and just hearing their thoughts, um, their thought process, uh, hearing what they want to do. Um, yeah, it, it's a massive and, and, and yeah, ultimately the other major thing that I love doing is, is watching football. Uh, uh, yeah, now Premier yeah. League is back, unfortunately this weekend I didn't manage to watch, but, oh, um, yeah. yeah, so Premier League is a massive thing for me. So, um, yeah, and, and we also actually think like right now competing on fantasy Premier League where yeah. you have your own team that you manage in and we have our own league. So it's an interesting thing to That's just cool. do and. And and see how it spans. So that's basically how I spend, I spend my weekends. Okay. Yeah. I think um, on the on the fancy league, um, people at work like it's super popular. People at work as well are part of the fantasy league. I've been. I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I really should just get more involved in it. Just like I kind of follow soccer. I know like how it works. I played it when I was a kid, but I'm not like a super fan. Um, I mean, don't the... you can join, but I I want you to probably take a little much of your time. Um, oh, really? Kind of like trying to figure out. Um, I mean, because you want to be on top. Yeah, you want to be you basically a coach. Yeah. So you want to look at like. Who's going to give you points? Whom do you serve this week? Uh, whom do you sell? <laughs> Who disappointed you last week? <laughs> Yo. So it's, it's a whole huge thing. Um, yeah. I, I want like, that probably takes me about like 30 minutes to kind of just say, this is the team that I'm going to play this song. weekend. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, and, and of course, I mean, you don't want to be at the bottom of your table. Sure, Because yeah. your friends will be like, Yo, <laughs> what's up with what's you? Up with you? Uh, I think the pre- yeah we actually 
gonna start setting up funds for our league right now. Really? So whoever wins, when actual funds. Yeah, whoever wins walks away the, with yeah, yeah for that week. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that you have to invest your time to really get yeah, your teams. <laughs> It, it's an interesting voice. thing, so um, happy, oh ha- happy to do that. And also, it gets you involved to keep following up the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Again, World Cup is coming up this year, so yeah. Yeah. an interesting time in the world of football. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> yeah. This is actually getting me excited to like yeah. start watching football. <laughs> like, Shit, man. Football I mean, is life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, I, when I was in school in Nigeria, it was like a rule you had to support a team uh-huh. like people like if someone wanted to like sort of get to know you the first thing they would ask is what team do you support uh-huh. so i before that period i never watched soccer or anything so people kept asking me like what team do you support and i'd be like i don't <laughs> i don't uh-huh. watch soccer i don't support a team right and then eventually i think manu at the time was doing really well so i was like i just that was a team I heard. I think I knew Wayne Rooney, the name Wayne Rooney. Uh, super. So I was guy, like, yeah. man, you, that's my team. Kind right. of thing. That just became my team. Right. Then eventually, yeah. So that's, so I guess that's sort of like my team now. Mm. Eventually but, they are doing badly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now I'm like, uh. They're at the bottom uh, of the table right now. <laughs> are they literally at the bottom? Yeah, number 20. <laughs> Yo, I, that I didn't know. Damn, 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 damn. So yeah, uh, we sorry to man your fans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's yeah. that's my team currently. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm saying this on a podcast that man is my team. But honestly, I should be hiding my face in shame and just not talking about soccer. I should be like, I don't, I don't watch soccer. I don't know what mm, that is. Like, what's yeah. what's football? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you might start watching maybe. Yeah, I might. If my new starts performing. If they start performing, then I might, you know, with one eye open just. 10 years from now, (laughs) that's when they start performing. (laughs) I saw on Twitter, though, that they got some, like, really big signing this week or something. Yeah, they signed Casemiro from from Real Madrid, but I don't think it's going to help them. I mean, (laughs) uh, they have Ronaldo, and it's not helping them. Yeah. Yeah. He literally said he wants to, like, go save the team. He All might right. be the one being saved. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, might be the one being saved. Yeah. Duh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's 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 interesting. I guess I watch I watch Formula One sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I do watch Formula One. one. I watch mean one. yeah. What team uh, are you? Oh yeah, I'm team Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah. yeah. I feel like you're doing badly this season. Yeah. But they started to turn it around like two races ago. Or something. It's, it's gonna be tough to... catching up. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's almost gone, but honestly. Yeah, we do hope next season. Yeah, yeah. There was a thing with the I mean I think when they changed the rules for the cars and then Mercedes now had to like develop a new car. Mercedes so Mercedes, Aston Martin and I think there was one other team that sort of copies Mercedes. All of their Williams, all of their cars were rubbish. They had that like bounce, it was like the cars were bouncing and they were Yeah, bouncing. yeah, yeah, that's how it's like. Yeah, so now it's like Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sorry to say this if you're a Red Bull fan, but I don't want to see Max Verstappen win that thing. I really don't. I really don't. Like I just he gives me weird vibes. Yeah. He gives me weird vibes. 
<laughs> I don't like you. No offense. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, we gotta support our guy. Honestly, Levy. the 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 team that I wanted to see win. I like an underdog story. I also like good business stories. Huh. So the team I was supporting was Aston Martin. Actually, Aston. They had oh, like they have an issue. They are so bad. Yeah. So bad. I mean, <laughs> you can see I like the underdog. Man, you Aston Martin. Like, don't say loudly. Man, you is underdog. <laughs> that's the thing. They have, but they have. It's a struggling they have a lot of money. Big. Yeah. yeah. So they don't so have like, the Aston Martin is literally underdog. Yeah, they don't have the money. Don't but I guess Aston Martin sort of has a lot of money because I mean their owner is a billionaire now. Yeah. Like he came in with a bunch of money from his fashion businesses. Came in, changed the name. He's now the chairman of the Aston Martin. Come of the actual Aston Martin company, right? Yeah, and then owns the the racing team. So it's like, okay, you have all this money, do something, <laughs> win a race, please, just one, <laughs> like, just one, just one, man. Just one. We're not asking. For, is that too much to ask for? <laughs> honestly, honestly, yeah, yeah. But I think if not next season, maybe the next next season, they'll. I think they'll be proper contenders because I. So my whole thing is they're investing for the long term. I'm guessing, because I I feel like um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, so you know the father owns the team, and then his son is one of the racers. Yeah, he's so uh, trying to forget him. Um, yeah, uh, Shoal Skull. Oh, it has escaped my mind. Like <laughs> Lawrence. There's Lawrence and I don't remember the names. I think it's Shaw. Anyway, so the so I think the father wants the kid to be a really good racer, hmm. and I think he's also trying to put things around him to make sure that he he becomes successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think definitely. I mean, obviously, there's nepotism there because, like, why does he have the seat over someone else? Right. Yeah. But like. I do think that by taking by taking a sort of patient approach, the kid will eventually start to show results. Mm-hmm. I I hope. <laughs> or else it's just gonna blow up in their faces and everyone's gonna be like, yo, that guy put like I mean sure put family first, but yeah. at the expense of all the people that have invested time and money into trying to get this this team somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I hope crazy, crazy, yeah. We we do hope that do, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm only wishing for Mercedes to get their shit together. So yeah. We can get Hamilton to at least win one more season to become the all type. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah, that's something that I really want as well. Yeah. So, so it's undisputed. This is the goal. Yeah. This like is the <laughs> then we can, yeah. yeah. Once he gets that one, then I'll probably shift fully to Aston Martin. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. He, I mean, he was recently in Kenya. I think he's still, yeah, I think he's yeah, back. Yeah. I'm not sure. And then he, there's this photo of him holding a goat. <laughs> <laughs> so literally a goat holding a goat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was oh a beautiful God. photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had some good time. Yeah. 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 Damn. Yo, okay. Can I? I just want to say, right? Yeah. This conversation is like gonna watch the space in the next two years. Coding Finance is gonna be a completely different company based on this conversation, because I think 
I mean, we've devoted ourselves to accountants and finance professionals. Right. But all, like, constantly we're adding, we're trying to come up with new approaches to our teaching and their learning, um, trying to figure out, okay, what are the new tech skills that accountants and, um, um, you know, just finance professionals need, like, and how can we sort of continue to push the push the mark, right? So we're super focused on accountants. The, uh, the exact approach is always open to change. So whatever works better than what we've done before will always change. So I think, um, yeah, like the, the vision, the vision, I have it in my mind, but basically it's, to articulate it is basically we teach accountants how to code, but that's not like, that's not a, that's a sort of direction, but that isn't a end point. Right. The end point is who, like, who knows, right? Who knows what it's going to be? So, um, yeah, I think this conversation has, I think all the account, this might be arrogant to say, but I think all the accountants in South Africa are so lucky that we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, keep doing it for them. Um, yeah, really excited to see how you guys grow. Um, happy to always contribute. Um, it's an interesting space that you are in. I mean, yeah. I'm glad that I got to make this trip down here. Yeah, it's um, so lucky that just, we even got to meet. Yeah, right? just get to learn. We do have a lot like to say. I mean, I, I just have this gut that there's a lot in this space. Absolutely. And a lot of untapped potential. Absolutely. So, um, an amazing time. This this happening. Yeah. Things are just just aligning. It's, yeah, it's happening. (laughs) It's definitely (laughs) happening. Yeah. Um, Okay, I don't know if you have, if any parting words that you want to, like, I think we we can round up now. I actually don't know what the time is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, super, super, super. Thanks, thanks so much. I mean, thanks that we got to meet and yeah, we got yeah. to do all this amazing stuff. Yeah, so um, cool. This, I mean, is just the beginning of of everything. Yeah. Uh, definitely, there's there's a lot that we can do, um, and and so super super excited to see how we wanna keep growing each other. We all learning. I mean, no one has monopoly of knowledge. That's mm-hmm. really really say, uh, and and see what is that we can have. I mean. No one knows what the future one year down the line might look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and to definitely, I mean, if you want to also learn about the Kenyan ecosystem, um, quite competitive, I would say. Sure, yeah, yeah. Kenya is really heated. Quite, yeah, quite competitive. I mean, they usually say it's the uh, Silicon Savannah. Mm, Silicon Savannah. Um, yeah, this is the Savannah. Savannah Valley, the Savannah Valley. One, yeah, Savannah Valley. I think that's the right one. Oh, okay, um, that's dope. Yeah, because because like much of the innovation, actually, it's like everyone, like all these even huge startups that we've seen in Africa, in one way or the other, they kind of like began in Nairobi, because mm. that's where everyone there's there's like a high affinity, especially for expats um, in Nairobi, and they're selling <laughs> shop there and mm. and all that. So, but then it kind of becomes quite competitive for them and then once it works for them in Nairobi they're like out yeah. to go to other countries where it's easy to mm. kind of them to grow that quickly mm. um, and so, I'll have the track record as well too exactly so super exciting to see what, what we can do together um, and how we can keep growing the ecosystem but yeah, yeah. dude yeah. thanks one for, for all the sacrifice for offering yeah, been... everything to do and until no it's been, 
it's yeah. been nice having you and yeah i it's it's my pleasure like <laughs> it was great to meet you and yeah i think um i've definitely learned a lot just from our conversation so Same here. i'm super yeah. yeah i'm super excited and energized for what's what's coming next so thanks for that man great um you gotta say karibu in swahili what, what do you say welcome karibu karibu yeah karibu yeah <laughs> that's how you tell karibu. someone welcome welcome yeah karibu like, like after they say thank you or yeah then you like say karibu yeah oh sure so how do you say thank you in Swahili? um asante asante yeah asante, asante. yeah so he has been taught in south african schools really excited to see about yeah that. yeah okay okay cool exciting time that is exciting yeah Great. definitely help us to be a bit more pan-african absolutely yeah forever yeah. africans yeah. forever dude <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you about my startup, Coding for Finance. Uh, we teach data analytics skills to finance professionals. So if you're interested in data analytics, programming, or data science, then uh, carry on listening. Codingforfinance.co.za started in the final year of my undergraduate finance degree. Um, I was in a lecture that was being given by the CEO of this banking consulting company, and he was telling us about the the tools that we needed to be successful in the finance industry. He told us about the leadership tools, you know, which included things like integrity and courage. And then he told us about the technical tools, right? Uh, which now upon reflection actually was a lot of data analytics tools. So he mentioned Excel, finance people's favorite, um, VBA, Python, SQL, um, R Studio, and probably a few others. Um, so yeah, his, his talk really inspired me to pursue my goal of being this finance person and getting these technical tools. So the first thing I started with was YouTube. So I wanted to, so I decided I wanted to learn Python and I went to YouTube to try and learn. But I found on YouTube, you know, you could, there was great content, but it would be eight hour long lectures with adverts in between and there was no accountability and no... Um, no community so I was like uh, okay YouTube probably isn't really gonna work so then the next thing I tried was LinkedIn learning um, so LinkedIn learning was offered to us students we, we had access to LinkedIn learning for free so I thought hey this is probably not a bad option let me try this so went on to LinkedIn learning honestly it wasn't that different from YouTube the only benefit was that the instead of having one eight hour long video, it was sort of uh, chunked into little bits that you could, you know, watch in that in that way. And uh, and although LinkedIn Learning was free for us as students, um, if I was no longer a student or if I wanted to do any of those courses now, it would be like six thousand rand a year. So that also wasn't really a great option. So then the next thing I tried was um, uh, I actually tried to sign up for a university course. So like a computer science, uh, a course that would cover Python topics. And, you know, it, I mean, if you've ever tried to add on a course, um, especially at my university, it is admin. It is extremely difficult. You have to take forms from this office and take it to that office and just... And then on top of that, um, the cost of the course plus the late 
registration fees for this course during the period of the year was going to be so expensive, like over 10,000 Rand. So I figured, no, this probably isn't the best option for me right now. So having gone through all of this, we decided to start what became Coding for Finance. So I found some of my uh, friends who were doing their masters in financial technology. And I was like, hey, would you guys like to teach us programming? And they were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So, uh, and one of those people actually was Kaluba, who has become the co-founder of Coding for Finance. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. We did the course, we did it in person on campus. And um, one of our students actually ended up becoming an employee of that banking consulting company. So that was, yeah, it was really cool to, to see that, that um, someone who like stuck with it and was really determined was able to get where they were trying to go. So how do we run an online course that is better than LinkedIn learning, but cheaper and more convenient than university? First, you get lifetime access to our video and PDF content. Normally, this would cost 6,000 Rand. Then, after each lesson, we give a quick quiz, which we mark and provide in-depth feedback and return to you so you can become an even better data analyst, similar to a university tutorial. So over the whole course, this feedback would normally cost 5,000 Rand. Then you get unlimited time from a tutor and if you have any questions, you can use our Q&A feature and ask a question directly on the platform and the, t the tutor will reply to your question pretty quickly. And then if you, you know, if you have more in-depth questions or something that you just need more time from someone with, then you can actually set up a meeting with the tutor through the platform and yeah, you can set up as many meetings as you want um, and get as much time as you need to be able to figure out the things you need to figure out. So normally this would cost, you know, this type of, you know, one-on-one -on -one face to face assistance would cost up to 3000 Rand. And then finally you get to do a project, which the tutor will mark and give you in-depth feedback on to grow your skills even further. This would cost maybe 2000 Rand. And then after you finish the course, you get a certificate to show employers the new skill that you have. This could cost up to 5,000 Rand, depending on where you go. We have students, this is something I'm so proud of. We have students who've worked in Standard Bank, Monocle Solutions, Peach Payments, and the Auditor General of South Africa, and even Engine South Africa. Um, so we offer lifetime access to our content, quizzes with feedback, guidance from tutors, and a project and a certificate. The project and the quizzes all get marked. All of this could cost upwards of 20,000 Rand. But we really want South Africans to learn data analytics skills. So we offer our course for 2,500 Rand. And to make it even more accessible, we offer a light version of our course for 1,200 Rand less than half of the normal price. So, if you would like to learn data analytics with Coding for Finance, sign up at codingforfinance.co.za slash products, or you can click the link below.